y'all. Welcome to Mini Gabs. Not many Gabs, Mini, like teeny tiny, many, many, many Gabs. But there will be many Gabs that hopefully you will enjoy. But this is a new thing Kina and I are trying. And we hope you enjoy. Kina, you want to tell them more about it, about what we're doing? Absolutely. So we're going to do a weekly mini-sode which is going to have the first part of our extra AF. So we're going to talk about things that are happening currently in the library and history field. So that could be articles or TV shows, places we visited. And then we're going to answer your questions. A lot of you guys send us stuff on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram asking us stuff. So then we're just going to do like a ask me anything segment. And uh, yeah, that's about it. (laughs) So a little short extra every week, probably Wednesday and or slash Thursday. And uh, just a little extra us in case you need more. Because, of course, you do. Yeah, we're fucking awesome. Like, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. And we thank you for listening. Yeah, <laughs> like, I can't I can't leave it at that. I'm just so conceited. I can't be like oh, that. Not yeah. for very long, at least. I can be, but not for very long. I know we start out like, oh, yeah, we're badass. And then we immediately start going, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. I don't really think that. Please like me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Man, I needed this laugh. God, we were supposed to start recording like two hours ago. And then I had a pet emergency. And my dog is my child. And so I've been in an extreme state of panic because my dog couldn't walk. He was in so much pain. And I hate it. And he screamed this, like, guttural scream I've never heard from him before. And I was like, uh. So we went to the vet and got x-rays. And I just shoved some pain pills down his throat with peanut butter. So now I smell like peanut butter. But now I'm going to drink some vodka. I almost said rum. I don't have any rum. But I'm going to drink some vodka. It's going to be fine. I have chocolate milk because I'm an adult. <laughs> I don't know why I found that so funny, but I just really like that. <laughs> well, like chocolate milk is like my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> like this is like I've never grown out of. <laughs> it's just amazing. <laughs> so much. So what have you been doing the last two hours that I've been panicked at the vet? <laughs> I ate dinner and then made. I was experimenting with ornaments. I I started making stained glass stuff. So I was then. That, that's in picture frames. I'll share it on our website in our new art studio. I don't know if you checked it out, but we have art studio posted on our website. So you can see all of our little fun projects. And anyway, so I've been working with stained glass and I started making ornaments in the same style. So I was just playing with that, fucking around basically. <laughs> I saw it on Instagram and it's so beautiful. I love them so much. I don't know, I'm excited. Someone already asked, like, how much is it? But usually they're like, that's too much. And then they just back out. So hopefully that will not be the case. Even though it's, I don't think I, ch- I charge what I would pay for it. And I'm pretty cheap. <laughs> yeah, PSA out there. A lot of times artists definitely undersell their work because they're afraid nobody will buy it. But the amount of man hours and the cost of materials that we put in it, nobody ever gets what they deserve. So. Next time you see something, you're like, that's expensive. Just think, how much did it cost to make that? And how many hours did that person's blood, sweat, and tears? Being an artist is hard. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even the other day, I was making some more coasters. And I was like, timing myself. I'm like, how fast can I do this to, like, sell it cheap? 
it's not fast at all. So <laughs> <laughs> didn't work out very well. Yeah. I started Hocus Pocus and I'm already like past the scene where they're at the party, like halfway through the movie. And I've only gotten one done and then half of another one. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. So a full Hocus Pocus to do a set of coasters. It's not going well. But it could be worse, though, too. Like, I don't know. It's half and half. And then it also burns you while you're doing it. So I have to wear the thing you use for curling irons. Oh, it's just the whole thing. Blood, sweat, and tears, guys. Blood, sweat, and tears. Glue gun burns. Oh wood burning burns. I've had a really bad glue gun burn before. It was so bad. There's this no. lady on YouTube I just found, and she does, like, she eats an edible and then she does, like, monster makeup or, like, movie makeup. And she was trying to become Rafiki from The Lion King. And she was oh trying to hot glue some beer cans to a stick to be the coconuts. And then she just kept burning the shit out of herself. And you just see strings of hot glue coming out from everywhere. And I was like, oh, honey. <laughs> just... I can't have that much sympathy because <laughs> you literally are on drugs. Yeah, but at the end, she brings her husband in, and she does the Simba. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, do you want to do your thing first? you want me to go? Uh, You go ahead and go. I'm really excited. I kind of want to save it for last, if that's okay. Okay. Well, I actually am going to do something I discovered on accident. So we had some people come in from Little Rock, and they're like, find a place to eat. So I was like, all right, I'm going to pick a place we've never been. So I found this place called the Esquire Tavern. Turns out this place is fucking historical and awesome. So I'm going to read a couple of things I found on it. So it turns out to be one of the oldest or the oldest bar on the Riverwalk. And then it also has all the significance of other historical shit. So here we go. I found an article from Express News, which is the San Antonio News here. Vintage photo gives glimpse inside the Esquire Tavern in 1933. So I went to Esquire Tavern on Saturday night, and I was kind of blown away by how old it looked and how cool. It looks exactly like it did when it opened, and all it had pictures of it everywhere. So when I came home, I like Googled it, and I found this picture from December of 1933 when it opened, and it looks exactly the same. So I took a video of me walking out of the bathroom, which is like one end of the bar, and then you can see the door from the other end. So, on December 5th, 1933, as the end of Prohibition heralded cheers from around the country, a little downtown bar opened its doors and became part of the Alamo City lore. So, it literally opened the day Prohibition ended. Mm-hmm. So, they're like, booze, we're ready for you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so mine is a five-year hiatus between 2006 and 2011. The Esquire Tavern has been serving drinks to thirsty San Antonians for almost 84 years. I like the thirsty sanitarium. <laughs> While its location and famously long bar have remained the same, a photo taken shortly after its opening offers a glimpse into what business looked like in its early days. And I'll put this up on our website. Through several decades, the bar was a favorite among locals and Riverwalk visitors. In 1988, Ripley's Believe It or Not named it the longest bar in Texas. A newspaper clip states that the bar could hold more than 4,000 beer bottles at one time. <laughs> but hey, a ex- <laughs> Just think about, like, the Ripley's people. You have to sit there and watch and count every single one. I was like, damn it. Pass. I, I mean, unless I'm the one that gets to drink them. Like, are they empty? <laughs> That's true. 
So the Express News Archive reports that the number was actually 5,973 bottles that were Lo- Lone Star Longnecks, to be specific. <laughs> of course, they're Lone Star. Texas really likes their Texas-made shit. <laughs> so the Esquire closed its doors in 2006. In 2008, a new owner, Chris Hill, purchased and made plans to reopen the bar. And he decided to keep its, quote, gritty charm and keep the bar as original as possible. The Esquire most recently added a downstairs high-class speakeasy located on the Riverwalk level, which she had me at speakeasy. I, if you can't tell by this podcast, I'm obsessed with, like, the Roaring Twenties theme. So good. <laughs> <laughs> it's aesthetically pleasing to me. But both the Esquire Tavern and the downstairs are listed in the top 100 dining and drinks of San Antonio, which is where I found it. I just Googled best place to eat in San Antonio, and this popped up, and I was like, sold. Let's go. And then this website has a slideshow from what it looked like then and what it looked like now. And then I'll post a picture of it in 1933, and then my video from Saturday. But then I found on their website... Why the Esquire is the best historic bar in San Antonio. (laughs) And this is directly from their website. So EsquireTavern-SA.com. So have you ever thought about what it must be like to be the best historic bar in San Antonio? Unless you're a tour guide or a history teacher, you probably haven't. (laughs) Or a history podcaster, I guess. (laughs) But maybe you should. Connecting with local or even national history doesn't have to be restricted to dry places like libraries, classrooms, or museums. I feel slightly, you know, insulted by that. (laughs) (laughs) I am a little bit, too. (laughs) Actually, no. Obviously, libraries just need bars. Like, then, done. (laughs) It's true. That is true. I mean, we have cafes. Why not just put a bar in there? Our problems at the library would escalate so quickly. I know. It's already bad enough. (laughs) Dining out or downing a few drinks at the Esquire can be a historical event all on its own. Ooh. (laughs) Prohibition is often thought of as a short-sighted and silly time in our nation's history. At the Esquire Tavern, they remember the end of Prohibition as the biggest party in town. Of course, while the Esquire never served illegal booze. I'm sure that's a lie. It did revel in its newfound legality. Everything I've learned about San Antonio, they're like, we didn't serve, quote unquote, booze during Prohibition. And then they're like, yes, we did. (laughs) (laughs) But shh, don't tell. Shh, don't tell anybody. In 2008, Esquire Tavern was bought by new owner Chris Hill, who arduously restored the place to its previous state of splendor. Comfy seating, period decor, and the longest wooden bar in all of Texas were just the beginning. The best historic bar in San Antonio needs to look great, of course. But drinks, eats, and fun, that's what's on the menu for a great night out. (laughs) This is just so fun to read. (laughs) Although, to be fair, the food was fucking amazing, and they change the menu every six months. So it's true that the Esquire Tavern has a record for the longest wooden bar in the state. It's also been called the funnest bar, that's in quotes, by Thrillist and was recently nominated for a James Beard Award, which is only given out to places that are serious about food. (laughs) We may go to a bar for its history. Oh, I thought that was a typo. No, we may go to a bar once for its history. There we go. But we go back for the food and drinks all the time. 
In the end, what makes the place the best historic bar in San Antonio? The answer may be different for everyone. Whether your passion is a classic decor, a slick wooden bar, or you simply just want to try a new drink, the Esquire has just the thing to make your night out awesome. Grab some friends and take the ambiance of the best historic bar in San Antonio. So that's what I discovered. I loved it. (laughs) That's a pretty neat discovery. I know. And it's really wild. It's just like a tiny little sign, big staircase. And we never knew what was in it. I thought it was like a tiny ass little bar. I didn't know how huge it was. When we went into it, we're like, you would have never known this is what it was from the outside. So it was really cool. I enjoyed it. <laughs> and if you're a Patreon, I've already posted all those pictures to Patreon, so they've already seen it. But it's yeah. okay. They can hear about it more. <laughs> all right. What do you got for me? All right. First off, to those listening and for you, I have to apologize because I totally forgot about this. <laughs> but we're doing it now, and that is Chinese strippers. <laughs> So let us begin, because apparently in China's for funerals, it is somewhat common to have strippers there. And I, it's hard for me to picture strippers at a funeral, or excuse me, exotic dancers, whichever. I'm not judgmental. That's whatever profession you want to call it. But in that sort of realm. All right, let's dive on in. So there is an article. Oh, cool. I just, sorry. I just noticed that the author of the article is also named Natalie. <laughs> this is Destin's. Kismet. <laughs> and, and the article, I'm, I'm pretty much going to read this to you. So, because it is so well written or like it amuses me so much. I just can't help it. And the title <laughs> is China Cracks Down on Funeral Strippers. <laughs> And at the top, there is a picture. It's a pixelated version of the deceased with digital candles next to the picture. And it's like projected on a wall. So big wall projector, dead man picture in the middle with candles on either side, fake candles, all digital with a dancing stripper in front of it. (laughs) Like your sweet dance move right there. It sounds so classy. I love it so much. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, China officials have launched its latest crackdown on funeral strippers. Yes, funeral strippers. (laughs) The country's Ministry of Culture announced late last month, and this is in February 2018. This is when (laughs) it came out. So, it's actually pretty recent. But they're targeting a slew of rural provinces for their obscene and vulgar performances at weddings, funerals, (laughs) And temple fairs. Oh, wow. (laughs) As part of the new crackdown, a special hotline will be set up for public to report any funeral misdeeds in exchange for a monetary reward, according to the news outlet. It has been a longtime tradition in rural China for residents to hire strippers to partake in body performances (laughs) at funerals in order to attract a larger attendance of mourners. That's the reason? Just to get more people to show up at your funeral? 
Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. Those locals believe that a high turnout at funerals is a sign of honor for their dead. Oh, okay. Yeah. And and then and further, later in the article, they also mentioned that some will say that having a stripper there is like a sign of fertility. And so, like, maybe in their next life or in the afterlife, they'll have more children or something. But well, I'm just... That seems like a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like an afterthought. Somebody's like, how can I spin this to make like, it okay? Exactly. You know, like, wow. do you really need a scantily clad lady dancing and jiggling her bits? Because <laughs> jiggling her bits. <laughs> I love that. Uh, uh, well, even in the quote, okay, according to the Global <laughs> Times, scantily clad women in sexy lingerie and revealing clothes showing off their bodies in front of an electric screen displaying a black and white headshot of the deceased with text reading, we offer profound condolences for the death <laughs> of this man, are now a modern part of funerals in some rural areas of China. Oh, my gosh. Yep. And apparently this has been a thing since the 90s. Yep. Oh, wow. Yeah, backstate to the 1990s, according to Global Times, which has reported experts attribute the stripper performances as a way to worship fertility. In some local cultures, dancing with erotic elements can be used to convey the deceased wishes of being blessed with many children. Huang Jingxing, Jianxing, that's how you say it, Huang Jianxing, professor at the Fujian Normal University. I feel like Normal University <laughs> title for a university. Anyways, he also works in the history department. He also Hello. says... Oh, another professor says, according to the interpretation of cultural anthropology, the feat is originated from the worship of reproduction. Therefore, the erotic performance at funeral is just a cultural advertism. Although, high five on pronouncing all that. That sounded so, like, on point. <laughs> I'm not going to say I'm totally positive that's how you pronounce it, but I have been binging a lot of Asian <laughs> shows lately. All right. Sounded legit I, to me. I, and I did actually try to learn Mandarin for a while last year, but I got frustrated with the Duolingo app because my accent apparently does not <laughs> say <laughs> words appropriately. But yeah, the last thing of the stripper is just the fact that having a big crowd at funerals is considered like that's what they brag about is how many oh. mourners they have and... Like, they'll be so missed, and I don't know. I don't know how they brag about it, but that's, like, one of their things, so. Was it Ghana that hired people to do whaling? I think we talked about another place. I think There's it was a Ghana. few. China doing it? I, I think you mentioned, yeah, Ghana. Or yeah, because they hire dancing pallbearers, and I think they hired people to do the whaling and stuff, too, because some more people. But even, like, in the quote of the article, it says, the crowd have pushed to climax, roaring with laughter, whistling, <laughs> applauding, and cursing as performers saunter into the audience to giggle their breasts and rub men's clothes and crotches. Excuse me, that's oh. not clothes. That's crotches. Oh Rose my. men's crotches, a reminder, <laughs> and a reminder of no photographs allowed can occasionally be heard. Oh, oh my. <laughs> oh. So, you can look, but you can't take pictures and take it home. But yeah. That's aggressive. This is <laughs> Straight aggressive. to the crotch. <laughs> oh, man. 
I mean, after watching Hustlers, I was like, all right, I see you. Do they have poles at these funerals? Because that's very impressive. Yeah. In this photo, it does not have a pole, but she is on stage, though. Oh, man. I and mean, just with the dead person behind her. Like, it's crazy. I'm sure she's getting paid a lot. I hope so. I'd hope so, too. If I could do that job. A funeral. Yeah. I mean, I can understand people that are exotic dancers making like $1,000 a night. You know, all us plebs and our other jobs making minimum wage and above. I guess you can understand that. Good I Lord. still couldn't do it, though. That's it's just maybe, not in me. Maybe in my prime, but now, no. <laughs> no, even no, then. I, even then, I was even more modest. <laughs> uh, yeah, me and my gimpy foot. I do a good job dancing. But yeah, so strippers at funerals, weddings, and temple fairs is a thing in China. But but they are trying to crack down, apparently. <laughs> and they cracked down a few times over the years, too. This is like <laughs> one of the attempts. That's so funny to me. Yeah. Yeah, like in 2015, the Ministry of Culture announced its plan to rid the bizarre and increasingly popular striptease performances for corrupting the social atmosphere, the news site reported. So, I'm such a nerd when you said ministry. I was like, Ministry of Magic? No, it's not the same thing. No, but you're finding the Ministry of Magic has strippers too. Probably. They know how to party. All right, second segment is questions. And we got a lot, so we'll see how many we get through. <laughs> All right, the Don't first worry, one. we'll have many, many of these mini gabs. <laughs> oh, yeah, keep sending them in. And if you want to send us a question for next week, send it to historicalafpod at gmail.com and then put in the subject, like, mini gab, and then that way we know. So, yeah. question number one. If you could discover the identity of only one serial killer slash murderer in history, who would it be? This is from a Heather from Twitter, and I don't know what your last name is, Heather, but you know who you are. That's a really hard one. <laughs> Only one. I think mine would be Jack the Ripper, because I just need to know. Because if you think of all of the different suspects individually, all of them make sense. So it's incredibly frustrating to me, because you can do research on one of them, and you're like, it's this guy. And then you do one on another one, and you're like, no, it's that guy. I just, I need to know. Same here. It it would be Jack the Ripper. It it's, there's been so many movies, books, and whatnot inspired by it. Like it's so legendary, <sighs> and any evidence is gone now. Um, yeah. Like DNA evidence and whatnot. Like we cannot track it down anymore. Like it's just gone, and that makes me sad. <laughs> I know. I know. There's people that swear they have DNA evidence from a shawl that one of the victims was wearing, but there's no way to say that that hasn't been compromised over this yeah. much time. It's and just being so famous now too, like fabricated. Yeah. yeah. And I would also like to know if it's H.H. H. Holmes. I need to know. I just need to know. Because <laughs> there's also that connection. Like Jack the Ripper murder stopped. And then all of a sudden H.H. H. Holmes is fucking shit up in America. It makes sense to me. I don't know. <laughs> Emery, he did his ancestry and he thinks he's related to Jack the Ripper somehow. I'm like, I don't want to know that. <laughs> I'm like, this is why we're not having children. Like, that's why. I think second would probably be, like, Zodiac Killer. Oh, maybe. yeah, that's where my brain first went, was Zodiac. Yeah. Until you said Jack the Ripper. I'm like, oh, yes. So. A close second. But I really think that with DNA 
test the way they're going, they're probably zeroing in on who the Zodiac is. I just yeah. feel it. Yeah, head. that w- and also happening closer to mm-hmm. now as well. Like, yeah. a lot less chance of compromise and whatnot. Pretty sure they said that he licked all the stamps on all mm. of the clues. So they have his DNA. So I'm just hoping some distant cousin or nephew or niece or something does 23andMe and nails that son of a bitch. And then we know who he is. And then poor person. <laughs> the, the DNA is like, sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. <laughs> I would be thrilled if I was the one that caught a serial killer, though. I don't know anybody on my dad's side, so I have no personal attachment. Yeah. yeah. All right. Next question. Which wonder of the world would you want to see if you could pick only one? Why would you do that to me? That's rude. I know. It's always like you only can choose one, no matter what it is. Like you can only choose one food, one book, one location, one serial killer. Oh, man. That is so hard. Probably. I don't know. Part of me wants to know if the gardens of Babylon are real. But then I'd be disappointed if I gave up my one shot and it didn't <laughs> exist. <laughs> yeah, I'll just, I'll say the gardens. Yeah, I think Babylon is just supposed to be gorgeous in general. So that'd be something. For realistic it would goals, it would be the pyramids would be awesome. But... Fictional goals would be if Atlantis was real. Oh my god. <laughs> I just, I just, I also feel that in my gut that it was real. I just need, yeah. I also need to know that. I guess ever since the cartoon Atlantis, I'm just like, yes, I would love this to be real. <laughs> just some um, retrospect. Even if that city isn't any here anymore, like it's just underground somewhere, I'd love mm-hmm. to find that, some kind of proof that this did exist. Yeah, I'm named after an Atlantean, so I feel a real connection. <laughs> I'm going to hammer that in, the whole Conan thing, every few episodes, so you're, okay. you're welcome. <laughs> so, if you could travel anywhere in the world right now, where would it be? Historical or library related? That's from Nick, also. Don't know what Nick that is, but you know who you are, so there you go. I'd probably say Egypt. I'm so... It's like the one place since I was like seven. Was, I gotta go. Um, First thing to pop in my head would be New York City. I would love to go to their library. Ooh, um, that's a nice one. When I went to New York City, we... We, we explored... We explored so much. And, and I say we. I was with the choir group. It was awesome. We got to perform on Carnegie Hall. And... So we rehearse in the mornings and then we have the afternoons and evenings to do whatever we wanted. And I thought it'd be cool to go to places where movies were shot. Mm-hmm. And we're like, we need to go check out the library. So many movies were shot outside there, like Ghostbusters and whatnot. Like, Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah. And, but we didn't get to go inside because we got there too late in the day. They were already closed. And now they're remodeling. Oh, wow. Part of the library. So I love this. Actually get to go in and see it. That's a good one. Can we invite Ashley to come back as a guest host when she feels like it? From Marissa. Yes, actually, she is doing a little better, and but she's working a lot. So she is going to be joining us for things like our bonus stuff and then maybe some Patreon content. So stay tuned because that will happen. 
Mm-hmm. Get out of my head, Marissa. I know we were just talking about this. Yeah. And then we saw the, the tweet. Yeah. Freaking psychic over here. That was kind All of right. Um, If you could meet and have dinner with any president, which one would it be? And this is also Marissa. Oh, man. <laughs> this is, that one's hard. One, because I don't know that a lot of presidents. I'm not... <laughs> I'm not going to deny my ignorance on that. <laughs> I admit that. I kind of wouldn't mind just meeting Obama. I mean, he's just so chill and cool. He does seem like he'd be the coolest dude. And he's so smart. I'd probably feel dumb, but yeah. I don't I know. I really, really want to go to his presidential library. It looks so cool. <laughs> and I'm aware he has a sense of humor. After all, he let the like, key and peel. They do that. Yeah. <laughs> Anger translator, Luther. Yes, skit. that was so funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he did that smooth jazz on uh, Fallon. That was pretty funny, too. Yeah. Hang out with him and end up meeting, like, Michelle and the girls, too. I'm okay with that. Absolutely. <laughs> I would save them first. And then, like, older presidents? I know everybody says Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. Which... You know, I get that. He's like, that was a big moment. Like, okay. it, he put it, it put himself on the map when he yes. like. And also, is he a vampire hunter? I need to know. <laughs> so now yeah. after the musical, I might have to see Hamilton. I would maybe have to meet him. Oh, my God. That was really good. I saw it when I came to Austin and I was like blubbering at the end like a loser. <laughs> I love it. I my. Oh my god, I can't wait till I cover I call I covered Aaron Burr a little bit in an earlier episode with you, episode four. And I, I can't wait to cover Hamilton because I find it so fucking hilarious that he gets accused of cheating, he gets caught, and he doesn't give a shit, but he's upset that they're like, You use government funds. And he's like, I didn't fucking use government funds. I'm gonna prove it by outing myself for this affair. And he published it himself. I'm just gonna post every single salacious detail of my affair so you can't say that I don't know how to you know, run money. But yeah, he's pretty funny. Alright, let's move on. How about, <laughs> do you really have a hatred deep down for aliens? <laughs> LOL. By Mary-Kate. <laughs> oh, that's Mary-Kate. I went to grad school with her. I don't hate aliens. I just don't think they built pyramids. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much. I think most of the time, aliens are flying by and locking their doors and like fuck off and going somewhere else. I don't think they're stopping here. <laughs> just, sorry it's like we're the ghetto and you have to roll up your windows and lock yes, your doors that's how i feel i i just don't i don't think that they built anything yeah i aliens are it's just a pass for me i want there to be life out there because that would be like a waste of space if there's mm-hmm. nobody but yeah they they didn't come here no yeah I'm yeah. sure something's out there. And if I did have a story, I would definitely be more susceptible. But seeing things on the internet, I just can't believe it. I'm going to have to see it in person. Yeah. But I don't want to be too up close. Like, I used to, when I was a kid, I'd watch a lot of, like, UFO movies and aliens and shit. And I'd be, like, terrified to, like, believe in it because I didn't want them to abduct me. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like, like I, with the, the demon stuff? Yes! Okay. <laughs> I, I have a line. There is a line and I do not cross it. I just, I don't fuck with demons and I don't fuck with aliens. But I still don't think that they built pyramids. 
Uh, oh, I love this question. Have you ever wanted to just change a story, just like a detail, to see if people notice? <laughs> David. <laughs> like, in the podcast. I also went to grad school yes. with David. And um, I hadn't until he mentioned it. <laughs> Maybe I should. Uh, yes, that has crossed my mind, actually. <laughs> like, either put an obscene number or something in there. But then again, I'm afraid of like people bashing us for a wrong detail, yeah, or something. Angry emails. <laughs> yeah, I really don't want angry emails, especially when it's supposed to be more of a joke than. So far, everybody's been lovely. I mean, we've got I mean, we love y'all constructive criticism that we talk too much and noted. Um, David also read, "Where do you stand on doing an episode oh. on psychedelics?" Oh, like the drugs. I'm assuming episode on like us taking them and do it like I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I think that it would probably fit in things like Woodstock and maybe like cults I don't know people that take psychedelics and do weird shit I'm sure it will happen probably most definitely I've never done drugs in my life that's not prescribed so I'm having a hard time like are you talking about is that like mushroom I don't even know what drug that is <laughs> I don't know either <laughs> So naive to all. But I am happy to like research studies of like the craziest things to do on psychedelics and whatnot. That so, would make a really funny episode. <laughs> or we can talk about in even in current events, like you said about that girl on YouTube taking an edible and doing stupid yes. shit. Oh, it's so funny. Yeah, we'll definitely make an episode on something like that. Maybe one more question and then yeah, let's, let's do another one from you wanna do the next one from David? Yeah, alright. So this one, David's so smart. You can tell by this next one. What <laughs> frustrates you most about human behavior based on all the stories you've researched? Like, is there a common thread that makes you realize that people tend towards certain behaviors in certain situations? <laughs> David. They hate women. <laughs> yes. And also, I think the whole mob mentality, we've ran into that a lot. Like, the majority is going to persecuting a certain group that everybody joins in. Oh, so like yeah. the witch hunts and stuff. Like if one person stands out and you're a witch. And- yeah, it's definitely like fear of the odd one. Whether it's a different religion or the hermit lady or man out in the woods, you know, accusing of a witch or and if you're a woman, basically. Because that's yeah. like Pretty much every story I've done is just like the woman getting the shit in at the door. Yeah. Uh, getting burned at the stake, getting burned on your husband's funeral pyre. Oh, the settee. Oh my god. It's a lot. It's very depressing. Just, you know, not saying, not to say women are victims, but historically speaking, women, I mean, ancient history, women were feared as goddesses, basically, because they were the bringers of life. And then there was this turn and i think a lot of it had to do with religion uh around the time the witch's hammer came out the catholic church was kind of saying Mm -hmm. like women are you know any free thinking woman any woman with an opinion any woman that with some power she's a witch and i think around that time of history women it just turned to like we were the uh enemies (laughs) yeah you can see that throughout history just women getting persecuted for having opinions and it, it really sucks. Yeah. Do not enjoy that. 
Yeah, I think humanity as a whole, we're capable of really good, but we're also capable of really bad. And then it's just like the middle part doesn't tend to make history, maybe. And I think that's Mm -hmm. why it's so polar, I guess, that the people that are just chilling in the neutral zone tend to make history. But also history is written by certain people and they probably write about the really shitty stuff and the really, really, really good stuff. You don't hear about the normal stuff, so... Well, now we have internet, so heaven string of a... Oh, the internet. Everything on the internet's true, right? That's what they say. Enough. <laughs> uh, well, thank you guys for hanging out with us on our first midweek... Mini-gab. Mini-gab. Which will have many more. We'll many, mini-gabs. <laughs> have some, like... But we need a lot of, like, questions, so send us a lot. Again, the email is historicalafpod at gmail.com and just put mini gab in the subject and then we'll know that that is this. Or you can just, you know, ask us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. That's historicalafpod. And for a while, I'll probably post every week, like, hey, we need your questions. Uh-huh. And then you can put them there. And done. Bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Kelsey. And I'm Alexa. And have you always been curious if Winona Ryder is actually crazy? Are you dying to learn how to stay out of a cult? Then you should definitely check out the Psyched Podcast. The podcast where two psychotherapists analyze real and fictional figures from pop culture and tell you all about the obscure psychological phenomenon that your Psych 101 class didn't have time to tell you about. So grab your cocktail and head over to thepsychedpodcast.com and check us out. And don't forget to go to therapy and get your shit together. Bye.